It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. All right, we welcome you to another episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Uh, apologize, it's been a little bit since we've checked in uh, as we kind of adjust to our new June and July schedule, number one. Number two was waiting on a little bit of Redskins information before we cut a new episode and then had it basically out of date right away. So that led to us getting off to a little bit of a late posting here, but that's okay. We have still plenty of content for you right here on LOR. I'm your host, Chris Russell. What we have on today's episode is this. We're going to do a little bit of news and notes first. Then we're going to hear the rest of Scott Turner, because there is more Scott Turner, the Redskins offensive coordinator, and then we'll wrap it up with a little time machine theme for 2005. We've been doing that all week, and really for the last couple of weeks, uh, we did 1985, 1995, and now 2005 in this particular episode. All right, so here's the thing that I wanted to throw out there uh, and bring up to you guys right off the very start. On Friday, NFL coaches will be allowed to return to their training facilities according to the NFL. Now, that does not mean that they can violate any laws, any rules, and it has to be within the proper clearance protocol of the county, state, government, governing body that they are in. So here's what the commissioner's memo said through Adam Schefter of ESPN. Quote, this will advise that beginning tomorrow, June 5th, depending on when you are listening, that's Friday, June 5th, coaching staffs may be among the employees returning to your facility. As has been emphasized in previous advice on reopening facilities, this may occur only if your club has otherwise received necessary permission from state and local governments to reopen its facility. Before I read the rest of the statement, We're not sure yet whether the Redskins have been officially granted permission by Loudoun County, by the Commonwealth of Virginia. That is unclear, quite honestly, uh, at this time. As stated in my memo of May 28th, and we read this memo on the air, members of the coaching staff will count towards the maximum number of permissible club employees in the facility. Beginning tomorrow meaning Friday, June 5th, clubs may increase the number of employees in the facility to a total of 100, subject, again, to state and local regulation and implementation of the protocols developed under the leadership of Dr. Sills, who's like the NFL lead medical doctor when it comes to um, COVID-19 crisis and other societal issues. Coaches and other football staff 
particularly those who may be in a higher risk category or who have concerns about their own health conditions, are expected to speak with club medical staff or personal physicians about any special precautions or other accommodations that may be appropriate for their particular circumstances. In addition, we will work with club medical staffs to implement a program of COVID-19 testing for the coaching staff and other football personnel prior to players returning to club facilities. All right, so a couple of things here. Again, got to be clear, it is unclear, at least as of late Thursday afternoon as we record this, whether the Redskins will actually be able to have Ron Rivera, their coaching staff, return. I believe they will, but it is unclear at this point. It is unclear at this point. Uh, Number two, is it not weird with all of these memos and, okay, we're going to lift this? The NFL is going to allow 25, 22, 28, whatever teams back into their building with no players, but just so that coaches can go back to the facility when they've kept it closed all this time. And on top of that, they said, we will work with club medical staffs to implement a program of COVID-19 testing for the coaching staff and other football personnel prior to players returning. Well, what does it matter whether players are returning? I mean, a coach can transmit it to a coach. Now, Hopefully, hopefully, a coach will use his better judgment if he's feeling in any sort of way, shape, or form sick or any of the symptoms that we all know about at this point. They won't come to the building, but we don't know that. So it's kind of weird that we're lifting the gate, allowing coaches back in, not allowing players, unless we're talking about those players that have been in for treatment which uh, and rehab, which has been a few. That we're allowing coaches back, but not all municipalities will allow coaches into the facility, but also, so there could be some unevenness there, meaning, again, 25, 26, 27, 2018, whatever it is, might be allowed back in, three, four, five, whatever it is, may not, may not be allowed back in. So that's kind of weird that the NFL is doing this. And then on top of that, again, that they don't have, with all of these memorandums, that they don't have um, some sort of testing protocol in place yet. And that they say they will implement a program before before players return to club facilities. Kind of weird, right? Um, you would have thought, mm, what, what have you been doing all this time? How do you not have that figured out, right? And if you don't have it figured out, and that's okay, if you don't have it figured out, then don't open up the buildings. It's that simple. Kind of weird, right? Kind of strange. At least in my eyes, it is to me. All right, so you have that situation, so we will monitor that. Also, since we last left you... The Redskins are not going to be in Richmond for training camp. The NFL also, uh, this press release, this letter, uh, didn't exactly make the rounds like this one, but the NFL NFL instructed all of their teams to just stay at home for training camp this year, which is music to the Redskins' ears. Because, listen, if we're being totally honest, and they would deny this until the cows come home, they didn't want to go back to Richmond 
this year anyway. They did not. Uh, It was the final year of their deal. It was a year that they had to give money back and waive a fee that they've been getting. The money that they have been getting has gone way, way, way down. They didn't really want to go to Richmond. I mean, they would tell you they did. It's not like they hate Richmond by any means, but it is unnecessary travel, unnecessary expense, all sorts of different uh, functions that the Redskins run down there, and none of them were going to be allowed really to happen and take place because a lot of them, if not all of them, have to do with social gatherings, right? Whether it be kids on the field after the game, a fan appreciation, um, you know, whether it be different little cocktail happy hour events, um, charitable events, all sorts of different things, right? And just the crowd itself whatever crowd it was going to be at training camp. So the Redskins knew none of that stuff was going to happen. So this is kind of, I mean, again, they'll never say this publicly, but this is what they wanted. And this is what they would have done, I believe, I believe, even if the NFL didn't tell them what to do. The NFL told them what to do. Uh, So that puts a a book on that, and it might end the time in Richmond because, again, this was the final year of the contract, so it really depends on how that contract and that final year is going to be administered, if it is even going to be administered. I mean, it could just be literally waived upon mutual agreement by both sides because the deal hasn't really worked out for either side. I mean, it's worked out a lot better for the Redskins, Uh, than it has necessarily for the city of Richmond. All right, this is Chris Russell. Uh, This is the Locked on Redskins podcast. Scott Turner, Redskins offensive coordinator, the final part coming up next right here on LOR. But first, we tell you about our friends from Built Bar. That's right, Built Bar at BuiltBar.com. Did you know you could save $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com? I bet you didn't know that, right? Oh, wait. A second, if you've been listening to the Locked On Podcast Network and the Locked On Redskins podcast, you knew that. You did know that. So why haven't you done it? Or maybe you have and you needed a little extra boost, a little extra reason why you should go back. Well, uh, unfortunately, I can't do anything that I'm not allowed to do. But here is the extra reason. Here's the extra motive. You know that beach bod that you want? You know that good-looking six-pack that I don't have that maybe you have that you want? Well, you can get it by going to BuiltBar.com. That's right. Protein bars, protein chocolate bars, filled with delicious flavors, whether you like peanut butter, whether you like fruits, whatever your proclivity is, you can get it at BuiltBar and BuiltBar.com. Again, say $10 off your first order if you use the promo code Locked On. $10 off your first order if you use the promo code Locked On. Built Bar, it's a revolution. Make sure you get them at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, it is Chris Russell with you, Locked On Redskins Podcast. Good to have you with us. Why don't we do this? Head out to the final uh, frame, if you will, of Scott Turner. He spoke for a long time late last week, and we were able to secure the audio, and we've been playing it back in pieces for you right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Here, without further ado, is Scott Turner wrapping things up with the media. Who's a player on this offense that you feel like you really need to find a way to get the ball into his hands as creatively or as many times as possible? Yeah, I mean, I think that's yet to be seen um, now, but like there's a couple, like obviously candidates. I mean, we all like Steven Sims, you saw what he did at the end of the year. Uh, Antonio Gibson talked about him, you know, drafting him. Uh, JD McKissick, you know, he's a guy that was a slot receiver at Arkansas State, you know, played in Seattle and at the Lions and has done a couple, you know, now is a running back, but has done a couple different things. Those are three guys that really come to mind. I mean, obviously, we're going to try to get the ball into Terry's hand, but that's more in a traditional like receiver throwing the ball type of type of sense. Um, but, you know, again, we got guys that we think could, can fit those um, those molds as far as just like creatively get the ball, not just as like a running back or receiver. And uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to give a lot of people a chance and, and, and see kind of how it shakes out. Last December when you became the offensive coordinator, were there things about the role, uh, you know, schematically or workflow that uh, you feel like you learned and, and want to translate uh, specifically to Washington? Uh, yeah, I think just overall in general, it was a great experience. Obviously, the games didn't work out the way that um, you know, we wanted it to, and it was the end of a tough season. Uh, but, you know, just the, you know, calling every play, you know, putting the game plan together in the week. And, and again, it's not something I did all by myself. Like, we got a great staff. I mean, my dad was still there. He was helping me um, as far as, like, the in-the-week preparation stuff. But just, you know, just doing it and, and doing it at the end of the year. And then uh, – you know, and then understanding, like, uh, you know, on game day, I mean, everyone's looking at you, waiting for you for the call, and just having the feeling of doing that um, was big. You know, I think it's going to help me a lot going forward. You guys played uh, four left tackles last year, including two rookies. I wonder, you know, with some uncertainty competition at left tackle now for you guys, is there anything um, that maybe you saw about coaching, uh, maybe a, look, a rookie left tackle that, uh, that maybe you translate to going forward? Yeah, I mean, it, it, that was tough. I mean, we had some injury situations, um, you know, so we had to, you know, shuffle some guys around on the offensive line, and that and that always makes it difficult. Um, you know, right now we're in a in a situation where, you know, we don't know right now. We don't. I couldn't tell you who our our left tackle is going to be uh, for for week one, and um, you know, we got a couple candidates, and and kind of like some of those other positions I talked about. Um, you know, we're going to coach him. I think we got the best offensive line coach in the league and John Matsko. I got a lot of respect for him. And uh, I know he's going to get the most out of those guys. And I, I'm going to, you know, really lean on him. Um, and then between myself, Coach Matsko and Coach Rivera, you know, that we'll, we'll decide, you know, who, who's going to be the guy. And um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I think I can't say it's just because it's a rookie. It's going to be the same. I mean, every every player is different. Every person's different. And I think you got to just get to know the individual and and coach them. Uh, you know, the expectations don't change. How you reach those expectations, though, can be different based on, you know, who the guy is. Thank you. Pete Haley. Hey, Scott. Pete Haley with NBC Sports Washington. 
When it comes to Antonio Gandy-Golden, um, how do you anticipate his transition from Liberty to the NFL going? And are you maybe, I don't know if word's the right term, but keeping an eye on how this offseason could maybe slow or halt that at all? Is that something that's on your mind? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've thought about that a lot, you know, as far as, um, you know, the the offseason. I think we got to just as coaches be a little bit more specific um, with what we're doing with these guys going forward, just because we're not going to have as many reps going into the first game. Um, that's just as a general sense. Uh, I'm excited about Antonio. I mean, the guy's a he, – he made all the plays. I mean, I, I know, you know, Liberty, but Liberty's still pretty good level of football. And they and they played against some top-level opponents, and, and he those are some of his best games. Um, constant production. I mean, the guy plays fast, contested catches, all the things that you, that you want to see. Um, now he's got to do it. You know, he's got to show it. Um, you know, again, like I said, starts in practice and then go and going forward. Um, but he's going to have an opportunity to earn a earn a spot to contribute. Um, and then, you know, as as much as as much as we use him, or as much as um, you know, he he does contribute. It's really you know kind of up to him. You know, as far as you know what he can show, he's capable of. Uh, Chip Breer. Hi, Scott. Shabira from ABC7 Sports. Thanks so much for doing this. A lot of the players you've mentioned, they're all versatile guys, especially with Antonio Gibson. That's something that seems to be at the forefront for Kyle and Ron. For your offensive scheme, does that mean all these different guys can be versatile in different positions, even if it's Gibson at running back, like maybe Terry or something like that? Because that really has been a key term throughout. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, not to give up you know, too much, but I think, you know, you want to – you want to be as unpredictable as possible, you know, and, and you don't want the defense to know what you're going to do. And I think, you know, you know, obviously you do that with balance and everything like that, but uh, balance is not just run and pass. It's, you know, getting all five, you have five eligible receivers on every play and, and getting all five of those guys. That, that to me is what true balance is, is using all five of those, whether it's in the run game or the pass game. And so guys that are able to do different things, it gives you more options, you know, of how you can use them. And, and more things that the defense has to has to defend. Uh, so that's that's where that's where that's so important. I mean, that's why versatility is so important is because it's it's uncertainty, you know, um, for the other side of the ball. Thank you. All right, y'all. We will end with Julie Donaldson. Thank you, uh, Scott. We we've had just first introductions, a lot of them via Zoom, on head coach Ron Rivera as he's coming in here and taking over. We've heard a lot of players first impressions on him, but you've had the opportunity to work with him closely for a couple of years now. Is there something that you could share with us about what kind of a leader and what direction he plans to take this team in? Yeah. So, so coach is great. You know, obviously he has a lot of history in this league as a player an assistant coach, and then um, as a head coach for nine years. And, you know, I, I was able to work with them uh, two different times, you know, in 2011, when he first started in the Panthers, I was a quality control coach for two years. And then obviously as a quarterback coach the last two seasons. And, you know, the biggest thing with him is just the level of consistency you get on a day-to-day -day basis. And the message doesn't change, you know, he, you know, he, he talks about, you know, leadership, creating a culture, um, being accountable, you know, setting your attitude, your preparation and your effort every day. And, and, and it doesn't change and the expectations don't change. And, um, you know, he's fair, uh, but he's firm, you know, and, and guys absolutely you understand where you stand with them at all times. You know, there's no secrets. Um, you know, he, he does a great job of communicating with the players, uh, again, holding the players accountable, holding the coaches accountable. Uh, and that's the kind of leadership, you know, I think anybody wants to be around, you know, um, it's not about him, you know, it's about the team and it's about setting the standard. And, 
uh, I'm just fortunate to to be able to work for someone like that, and I'm very grateful to him for giving me this opportunity. He he was the first person to give me a job in the NFL at all, so um, grateful to him for that as well. All right, once again, that is Scott Turner, Redskins offensive coordinator, meeting with reporters late last week. Thanks to Redskins.com. Thanks to the Redskins public relations staff. And as well, thanks to my buddy Tom Brock Plyman at 1067 The Fan for turning that around for us and helping us out. And therefore, helping you out, Redskins fans. What do you think of Scott Turner? Drop me a line, russellmania09 at gmail.com. That's russellmania09 at gmail.com. Or follow the podcast at Locked Redskins. Or you can follow me at russellmania621. All right. When we return. We'll wrap it up. Time Machine theme. We put 2005 for the Redskins in the blender. 2005, a much happier year than, oh, let's say 1995, right? Um, Yeah, indeed. 2005 for the Washington Redskins next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we're back right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. We finish it up with a little look at our time machine theme. 2005. The Washington Redskins returning to the NFL playoffs. That's right. Part two of Joe Gibbs. Year two of Joe Gibbs. His return. The Redskins winning a playoff game. That's right. They beat the Buccaneers 17-10 in Tampa before losing 20-10 to the Seattle Seahawks in the divisional playoff round. They finished the regular season 10-6, and six, second overall in the NFC East. The Redskins' last playoff win. Well, you guessed it, the 2005 season. It's now 2020. Uh, 0-4, losing three of them, ironically, to Seattle including this 2005, technically 2006 uh, season. So, of course, they lost to the Green Bay Packers in their last playoff appearance after winning the 2015 into 2016 NFC East title. Uh, Of course, they lost to the Seahawks uh, as well in 2012. Uh, That was the game that Robert Griffin III got off and the Redskins got off to a 14-0 start and then everything, everything fell apart uh, from there. And of course, after that miracle run in 2007, following the death of Sean Taylor, they lost to the Seattle Seahawks also. All right. So real quickly, just kind of taking a look, my memories, you know, of course, this again, year two of the Joe Gibbs welcome back regime right uh and 
the Redskins had two first-round picks, Carlos Rogers, Jason Campbell. So they're loading up after a bad first year. But you have Mark Brunel, the aging quarterback. You start off uh, with a very tight win, 9-7 at home against the Chicago Bears. And then, of course, there was that magical Monday night in Arlington, in Dallas. Um, 14-13 Santana Moss, as the offense came alive, two late bombs, bing, bang, boom, real quickly. And the Redskins were 2-0 and on the year. That was on my birthday, September the 19th of 2005. That was fun. Uh, everybody kind of remembers that. Then they went on a bye, which was crazy, right? Bye after two weeks. Uh, and you kind of like don't have that momentum, but you get a little break. And then they come back and they win another tight one, but in overtime against, ironically, those Seattle Seahawks, but at FedEx Field. So they were 3-0, winners 20-17. to Then they lose a couple in a row at Denver at Kansas City. Then they hammer San Francisco 52-17. Then they get destroyed by the Giants 36-0. Uh, then win a tight one against Philadelphia. And then just you know, just kind of going through the season, they hit the bricks again. They lose three in a row. They lose a one-point heartbreaker in Tampa, 36-35. They lose a three-point game uh, on a Sunday right before Thanksgiving against the Oakland Raiders, who were terrible that year, uh, to drop to 5-5. Five and five. And then they lost the next week to the San Diego Chargers, 23-17 in overtime, again, at home, and everybody thinks, oh, at five and six, they are done. But then they win, then they win their next two at St. Louis, at Arizona, both games on the road, right? Two tough road trips there. Uh, and they win one convincingly and won the at Arizona game by four. Then they hammer Dallas 35-7 at home, right? In the rematch of the week two match, they just destroy them. And they win their final two games against the Giants at Philadelphia on New Year's Day, 31-20. And they needed every single one of those wins, the five in a row to end out the year, to go from 5-6 and six to 10-6 and six and to make the playoffs. How about that? The Giants were 11-5. and five, So again, they smoked the Giants 35-20. Uh, after getting beat 36 nothing, so the Giants were 11 and five. They won the division. The Redskins 10 and six. They were five and one in the division, 10 and two in the conference. They scored 359 points that year. Kind of clamor for that kind of offense, right? The Redskins. It's unfair to say, well, they magic carpet rided into the playoffs, but but that essentially is how it feels and how it has felt for so many years with the Redskins, that when they do make the playoffs, it's because they suddenly get hot right around Thanksgiving, maybe late November, early December, and then they just are unbeatable for the month of December. And they go on these four- and five-game winning streaks, and we've seen it in 2005, we've seen it in 2007, we saw it in 2012, we saw it again in 2015. And the problem is it just doesn't happen very often. It just doesn't happen very often. But it did happen in 2005. That's our time machine theme for this particular episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. All right. I'm Chris Russell. 
once again, we appreciate you guys being with us right here. Thanks to Scott Turner, Redskins offensive coordinator, and everybody that helped uh, with that. And again, we will bring you the very latest information on the Washington Redskins and the NFL as it pertains to the Redskins uh, in short order. I promise you. I'm Chris Russell. Have a great weekend if we don't talk to you before then. Uh, and please, 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 please make sure you do the right thing and you understand where we are in us as, as a country uh, and understand your role in it and what you can do to make it a better place. In the meantime, go to redskinsreport.com. There's some of that up there uh, that you can check out as well. Uh, again, you can listen to me anywhere. Of the Locked On Podcast Network can be downloaded. Any pod, uh, you can listen to the Locked On Redskins podcast, and away you go. All right, thanks for being with us. I'm Chris Russell. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.